This podcast contains explicit content. Let's begin the show by starting it. Hardly focused. This podcast is hardly focused. Can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? Dissecting the news one tangent at a time. Settle back, fire up the color teenies, watch the pictures, and hear the sounds as they fly through the air. Welcome to our fine program, or Hardly Focused. You can get us at hardlyfocused.com. You can also find us on your favorite podcast app. Just search for Hardly Focused. Oh, that first sound drop did not uh, translate as well as I was hoping. That was uh, audio from a, a hardcore, a hardcore show that happened at a Denny's in late 2019 in California. Yeah, I couldn't really hear it. Yeah, some dude actually booked uh, a <laughs> a band to play at a Denny's, and they're like a like a thrash band, and they uh, just trashed the place. Well, uh, I'm not surprised. It's uh, Denny's, and uh, it's thrash band. What's up, Denny's? Like that's the best you could do playing at Denny's. Look, instead of having to go from the venue to the Denny's afterwards, you're already there. Yeah. All right. You just order your moons over Miami right before the encore and you're good. Can you imagine like a bunch of people just sitting there at two o'clock in the morning, drunkenly trying to enjoy their grand slams while this hardcore band is trying to play. The mosh pit keeps on spilling my grand slam. <laughs> I guess a GoFundMe was started to, to pay, uh, help pay for the damages. How many damages were there? Uh, it wasn't much, all things considered. It was like a thousand dollars, but still, like when, yeah, when you're booking a Denny's, you don't have a thousand dollars to spare. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, that's that. Uh, that's what that clip is. Uh, it's just uh, Jack and Mike today. It's the 466th episode, the 26th of July. Uh, I also played this. Uh, Fred Toucher, Twitter man. Uh, going on. Yes. Going on a rant about Twitter. Yeah, Fred Toucher. Uh, w- weird news that came out in the radio biz earlier this week. Uh, Fred is uh, Fred is the co-host of the Toucher and Rich Show, 98.5 The Sports Hub, formerly WBCN. They've been around for about, oh, God, 13, 14 years, I think. Sure. Yeah. And uh, always number one. In every ratings book here in Boston for the last uh, decade or so, um, but Fred's got some problems, and uh, you know uh, we wish him the best. He's apparently checking himself into a institution after a very odd broadcast this past Tuesday. Uh, yeah, I didn't hear it, and apparently it's. Uh... Hey, look, uh, all I know is that he's doing the right thing because uh, apparently Will Smith cries and uh, memes are made making fun of him. So mental health for guys is sorely lacking. So if he's uh, good enough to go there, might as well, right? Yep. yep. And, and good on Beasley, too, for having that audio 
and the Twitch stream from the show taken down. Normally, you know, stuff's all available on demand, and uh, all that was taken down. So uh, I think only uh, his former rival, Kirk Minahan, has uh, just bits of audio, and I guess Fred was just... Uh, that morning's show, not only did he show up late, but uh, then just started going on tangents that, uh, you know, as a fan, they didn't sound out of the ordinary for him, but just the way in which they were articulated. Presented. Yeah, presented, articulated, just was cause for concern. So then the following day, he announced he was taking a leave of absence and the show will go on without him for an indeterminate amount of time. Hopefully he comes back and they let him come back because uh, Kirk, who I just mentioned, sort of something similar. He he was having unpleasant thoughts and a few years ago checked himself into a you know a institution and uh, Entercom used that opportunity, his absence, to just separate him entirely. Well, huh, there you go. He said the the magic word Entercom. <laughs> yeah. So uh, hopefully Beasley doesn't do the same thing. Uh, Beasley, that'd be, you know, a kamikaze move right there. Uh, oh, that, yeah, that too. Sabotaging their, uh, their, their ratings winner there. So, uh, yeah, I hope Fred gets the help he needs and that he gets well soon. And, uh, you know, it doesn't help that the pandemic and everything fueled a lot of those issues. Everybody's just cooped up, you know, they, uh, a little stir crazy. Get a little extra stressed, and uh, it happens. Yeah, Fred's a uh, at least for me. Fred's always been a big influence because uh, he just you know he speaks his mind and uh, he has a certain way of entertaining you with his lackadaisical "don't give a fuck" attitude, which I love. Uh, he was on a podcast. Oh, I forget whose podcast he was on. It was someone else from the sports hub and. Uh, he was just going on and on about his masturbation routines, which was, again, just speaking his mind and making it sound interesting. Um, talking about how he, he can only do it in his bedroom. He can't do it in the bathroom. He needs to be home alone. And it has to happen at a certain time every day. Look, he's got a, he's got a system. He's got a routine. Don't knock it. I got to get myself in a routine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't call Jack between the hours of uh, 5 and 5.45. I tell my coworkers that, uh, you know, I block out on my Outlook calendar at work uh, 12 to 1 for lunch, but I always tell them that's Jack's time. Do not disturb me during Jack's time. So I think uh, I, I, got, uh, I got out in dodgeball. Uh, this is Miss Lippy's time. <laughs> Just covering myself in paste. Absolutely. I, you know, I've never seen a blue duck before, so. That's quite, that's that. I don't know why I said that, because I think I actually have that loaded. Oh, I do! That's fantastic! <laughs> Good on The me. sad part is all of the audio that we could do with our own voices. I'm like, Jack probably already has it. Yep. And you do. Quack, quack. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so that's, uh, so that's Fred. Uh, so that's unfortunate news number one, and then unfortunate news number two. Um, I, I do we do we call it at this point the rolling list of holy shit part two? Uh, 
I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, because none of these are necessarily surprises. It's not like it coming out of left field. They're old. All of them, right? yeah. They're all old. So, I mean, so I, I wouldn't say, I mean, yeah, it's just another, it just happens that the, it's a chunk. It's a chunk this week of people. Yeah, uh, not one of these, not one of these people, these individuals were born after 1950. They had a good run. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the way I see it, if you make it to 75, then you're good. It, you know, don't, don't, don't be broken up after 75. Like, because at that point, you've lived a full life. You've lived the life expectancy. Just, just go with it. Anything before that, though, is too young. Uh, we'll start with John Saxon. Yeah, who's John Saxon? Enter the Dragon with Bruce Lee. Absolutely. As soon as I saw that, I was like, that's John Saxon. Okay. Yeah, he was the white guy from Enter the Dragon. <laughs> the easiest way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't have any um, audio of him. Uh, I, I considered getting just two minutes of just fight audio, but... Uh... <laughs> Obviously, you can hear on this side of the audio out of the right speaker that's john saxon <laughs> uh -oh. i like your version better we'll go with that yeah, thank you uh peter green from fleetwood mac uh one of the founders Griffin, one? Oh, peter green one of the founders of of fleetwood mac now when you think of fleetwood mac you think of stevie nicks you think of uh, uh lindsey buckingham you think of that period in the 90s when there was this whole new lineup that, you know, we'd rather forget about. But uh, people also forget that before 1975, Fleetwood Mac had a different lineup. There was no Stevie Nicks. There, was, there wasn't even a Christine McVie at the point. There was only point. ever Stevie Nicks. Or McVie. Is it McVie or McVie? I've never... Uh, you Mc, know how, McVie? You know, you know how I am with <laughs> pronouncing names. Uh, McRib? McRib. Christine McRib. <laughs> Fleetwood Rib. There we go. Uh, Peter Green and uh, Danny Kirwan, uh, two of the original members of the band who are no longer. Uh, but Peter Green passed away yesterday, the 25th. Uh, what most people might not know is that a song that Santana made famous wasn't actually a Santana song. It was a, a Fleetwood Mac song. It was one that Peter Green wrote called Black Magic Woman. And it sounds like this. Everybody knows the Santana version. Nobody knows that there was a Fleetwood Mac version that came before that. I'll be honest, it's because Santana's version is better. Oh, yeah. Sounds light years different, too. Uh, it's kind of like All Along the Watchtower by Hendrix. Wasn't a Hendrix song. I, I believe that was... Was that Neil Young? Uh, yeah. Or Bob Dylan? Yeah, it's one of those guys. Yeah, they're interesting. Bob Young, Neil, Neil, yeah. So, 
Uh, it's almost that sounded like a like like the the demo version. That's really what it did. That, that makes like you hear Santana, you know that song, and then you hear that, you're like, oh, is that the is that the unreleased demo? You know, like before they really uh, got it right. Like, no, no, that's a completely different band. Oh. I'm glad you brought that up because something that really fascinates me is the versions of songs like that where most folks are familiar with a certain version they they might think that's the only version of it and then they learn that it is actually a cover and that you know another band wrote yeah it. like what led zeppelin had a couple of those where everybody thinks it's a led zeppelin song but it's not um and then aretha franklin i think did one um uh, where i mean she just blew it out of the water because it's aretha oh yeah uh, Everything she touched turned the cold. So now, back in the '90s, there was a a song that was made famous by an Australian. I think she's Australian singer named uh, Natalie Imbruglia. Imbruglia, and uh, you know, I, everyone thought that was her song. It wasn't. It was by a band called Edna Swap, and you, you would know the song if you heard it. It sounds like this. You showed me what it was to cry You couldn't be that man I adore You don't seem to know or seem to care what your heart is for Yeah, uh, a very grungy version of that song, Torn. Yes. And, uh, yeah, but made famous. What's going on? <laughs> made famous by someone else. Remember it being a big deal back uh, back in the 90s that uh, there was that lyric, lying naked on the floor. Oh, my God, is that talking about being naked? It's <laughs> a woman. It, it had to get banned from MTV. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember after 9-11... There was the, the clear channel list of songs that you can't play on the radio. Uh, no, I just remember after 9-11, MTV actually went back to 24 hours a day of music videos. <laughs> oh, that's, is that what it took? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yep. 9-11, <laughs> never forget. <laughs> wow. 9-11. Yeah. I do remember that after they stopped simulcasting the ABC uh, news feed for like three days, uh, it was basically at least 12 hours a day of music videos for a month or two. And I'm like, wow. All right. Let me watch some MTV again. Probably didn't uh, feel right playing repeat after repeat of the real world. Or uh, was it, uh, what's that one with the, the, the date bus? So the guys would get on and off. Oh, Yeah. Oh, what the fuck is that show? I used to watch that show all the time. Yeah, and it, you'd see the guy come off, and the girl would be like, "Not even, not even twenty feet." Next, was it <laughs> called next? Next, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like. I all I typed in was MTV date, and I auto completed to MTV bus dating show, or or uh, date my parents. That one. I like that. The, like, the, the, the loser boyfriends got to sit with the parents while the, the uh, girlfriend goes out with three new guys the parents picked. I like that Next on IMDb has uh, two stars out of ten. I, I got two stars. Wow. I know. Uh, so, uh, so that's Peter Green. Uh, next up on the list, 
<laughs> it, it, it keeps going. It keeps going. And I, uh, I hope this I... This was a surprise. Uh, such a spry individual. Yeah, I hope I pron I'm pronouncing her name right. Olivia de Havilland. Uh, Olivia de Havilland. Yeah. Okay. It, yeah. Kind of roll it together a little bit more, but yeah. 104 years old. Died in a skydiving accident. Tragic. Yep. Uh, you know, she tried to do a, a halo jump and just uh, pulled the ripcord a little too late and uh, right in the side of a mountain. <laughs> there was no ripcord. <laughs> she, she actually jumped and uh, as she was going out the door, took off the backpack. She said, fuck it, I've lived long enough at 104. <laughs> and she, uh, she, she was hoping she'd pull the Peggy Hill. Have a soft landing where uh, all she broke was her back. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. If you were terminal, would you uh, decide to do it the uh, the amazing way and just not pull a ripcord? So, it, funny you mentioned that. So, I'm I'm in the process right now of watching of being terminal. Yes. Okay. I've got hours to live. Let's make the best of it. Uh, I'm watching uh, the show Las Vegas. I, I've mentioned this a couple times before. Uh, show I loved back in high school and it's back on TV now and there's an episode where there's a um, just a you know one-off supporting character who's got some form of terminal cancer and he's using it to basically sleep around and the, <laughs> the women of the show cancer. well the women of the show think that he's it's all a ruse and he doesn't actually have cancer uh, but he has a whole bucket list and uh, he ends up going he wants to go skydiving Cross one of the things off his list. Well, sure enough, while they're in the plane and he goes to jump, just just before he jumps out, takes off the backpack and just just goes. There you go. And uh, like everyone was, uh, I, I believe Josh Duhamel's character actually was just laughing maniacally as he's watching this dude fall to his death because like, what a way to go. That's what I would do. Went out on his terms, right? Yeah. I'd rather do that than, uh, you know, suffer or, or, or be uh, a slave to morphine and then hospice. And Man, I already hospice. am a slave to morphine. Uh, Olivia de Havilland was best known for Gone with the Wind. Yes, she was not Mammy. That's the other one. <laughs> yeah, she's not Mammy. <laughs> uh, she, she was also in, in countless other things but gone with the wind is what she's best known for she was also the last surviving uh actor from gone with the wind because remember that well, movie, 104 you'd think so because <laughs> remember that movie came out like in in 1830 so uh before the film of medium was or the medium of film blah i can talk uh was uh, or before the actual civil war <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh here's uh this is from 2006 this is olivia de Havilland talking about Gone with the wind and uh, the, it's, it's lasting legacy. Here we go. The whole business of casting, putting it together, taking something almost three years. The whole town was bored with the film. They are so bored with the film, they wished it bad luck. And they all thought it was going to be a big, big flop, a complete disaster. And they were rather pleased at the thought. Well, we just went ahead, quietly working ahead, on the lot, six months, retakes after that, and just knew, I knew, 
we were making a film that was going to have quite a different history from any other film that had ever been made, and it would endure. And by heaven, it has. Has it not? Good time. <laughs> Edited for seniors. <laughs> uh, so there you go. That's uh, us making light of the passing of a 104-year-old woman. Yeah, well, she's deserved it. Oh, all right. Uh, uh, well, I guess we saved the most... Uh, I guess most important for last. I mean, they're all there. Not to discount any of most these. Most memorable. We'll put it that way. Most memorable. Yeah. The most notable. Um, Regis Philbin. Shit, man. I was at Dats Entertainment yesterday. I was standing in line and I actually, like, I got the buzz on my phone and I was standing in line to get into the into the store. Their, their social distancing practices and I uh, let out an audible gasp when I saw that Regis Philbin passed away at 88. <gasps> I proclaimed it to everyone around me and they all just kind of give me a look. They're like, uh, I thought he was already dead. Bunch of, bunch of kids, a bunch of riffraff who don't know who Regis Philbin is. Man, I grew up on Regis Philbin. Everyone grew up on Regis Philbin. Regis Philbin and, and, and Dick Clark are almost synonymous for just, you know, their impact that they had on TV. And yet they're two very different people that are now both dead. Yes. And uh, both both of whom, as far as I understand it, active right up to the very end. Although I think uh, Regis was in slightly better shape. Probably, I don't think Regis had as many strokes. <laughs> uh, so Regis, best known for being one of the the first and one of many hosts of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Uh, which I, I watched re religiously back in the day, right next to... Uh, oh, back when it was big? Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, right next to... Oh, what was that show with the British lady? Uh, uh, you are the weakest link. Goodbye. Yeah. Yeah, that was like the... That, that, you know, the, on the, the off nights when it wasn't millionaire, then we were watching Weakest Link. But uh, there was countless media for, for Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, and there was a game on the PlayStation that uh, Regis actually contributed to. He actually does, does voiceover and he hosts in the game. Uh, and there's a little bit of an Easter egg in there. Uh, if you just sit, I learned this on Reddit, if you just sit and don't do anything on, on various menus and during the, the fastest finger round, Regis gets impatient and he gets mad at you. Deservedly so. So here's, uh, here's the first bit of that. How you doing? Welcome to the show. How many players will be playing? All right, I'm gonna ask you again. How many players are playing? All right, 
Somebody's got to help me here. Look around the room and count. Is it one? Is it more than one? Somebody let me hear from you, please. Okay, no game for you today. Come back next year. Maybe soup then. Maybe game then. Maybe never. <laughs> and you know what? He, I'm sure he had fun with that. <laughs> oh, yeah. If, if they didn't tell him just vamp and improv and just go nuts, then he was like potentially secretly recorded at the time just getting mad at somebody and then they fit <laughs> it into the game. Yep. It's like, all right, this person's not going to push anything. Get annoyed. Go. And if you don't actually do anything, as, as I saw in the video, then the uh, the opening titles, like the, the uh, studio logos, play over again. Like it actually reboots the game if he gets so pissed. <laughs> uh, here's more of Regis getting fed up. Welcome to the show. I'm Regis. How many are you playing? awake out there how many people how many people are playing you heard me hello this is regis and the machine pleading with you to count the people and tell me ha, ha, how many okay you win have it your way good night goodbye good luck <laughs> so that's just during literally you're on a screen that just says how many players one player or two players uh, so then you go into the fastest finger round to determine who goes first and um, he gets impatient there too and uh, for I'd wager this is better than the first two clips I played here we go okay both of you locked in an answer. Now let's see how you did. Sorry, players. Neither of you chose the correct order. Let's try this one more time. Good. You both locked in an answer. Now let's see how you did. Oh, I'm sorry. Neither of you got it right. We better try this again. Okay. Both of you locked in an answer. Now let's see how you did. Well, nobody got it again. Can you believe this? Is there anybody there who knows what's going on? Keep going. Okay, both of you locked in an answer. Now let's see how you did. Well, looks like you both missed the correct answer. We'll have to try this again. Good, you both locked in an answer. Now let's see how you did. You know, I'm totally disgusted. How did I get hooked into this? It's over. I'll see you later. Come on, people. How many times can we do this? You're pathetic. This game is over. It's over. I mean, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> and then again, the game starts over. <laughs> You're pathetic. Uh, so there you go. That's uh, the great, the late, great Regis Philbin, no known for so many things. Uh, but for me, most notably... And for a lot of uh, folks in our demographic, uh, who wants to be a millionaire? Yeah, because let me be honest, I never watched morning tape TV, so. Right. Uh, and then, God, who they, so the, I know Jimmy Kimmel is currently hosting, like they're doing like, uh, like a celebrity version of it. 
Uh, but then, uh, what was it? Meredith Vieira was a host, and then some dude I've never heard of was then hosting it. And it's it's been it went from being like a prime time show to being a you know a daily afternoon filler, two yeah. o'clock. Yeah, on, on on like me TV or or whatever, my TV, UPN. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, there you go. I uh, going into the uh, going into the break here, and then we'll come back. We'll talk about Comic Con in the next segment, or as they're calling Comic Con from home. But uh, I'll play this. Going into that, uh, it, it's it features it prominently features Regis. But it's from Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, and it was a very notable uh, thing that happened on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. It was the first time anyone had won a million dollars. And I remember they played the, the, what was it, whatever channels was on ABC, played countless promos that included this scene. Uh, again, it's, it prominently features Regis, but the, the contestant featured in this clip, John Carpenter, balls of steel on this guy just taking a taking a risk taking a gamble i've got balls of steel uh the dude's a savage uh and and the cockiest motherfucker you will ever ever see slash here so here's john carpenter before regis philbin winning a million dollars uh, we will return. Well, looks like we're go- going for a million dollars. I can't believe it. A million dollars and all your lifelines in tech. You didn't need those stinking lifelines, did you? Well, let me just bring you up to date here. Please. If you miss, you'll be reduced by $468,000. You'll go back down to $32,000. Uh, here it is. A $1 million question. We rarely see these here. Only one of the contestants has ever won 500000 on our show. So if you're ready, let's go for the million. Which of these U.S. presidents appeared on the television series Laugh-In? Lyndon Johnson, Richard Nixon, Jimmy Carter, Gerald Ford. Um... <laughs> I'd like to call my parents right now. Sure. Use my lifeline, call my parents. What are their names? Uh, um, my father. I'll talk to my father. Does Tom. he have a name? Tom. He does oh. have a name, yes. Tom. <laughs> All right. Our friends at AT&T will get uh, your dad on the line, and we'll see if he can help you. Hello? Hello, Tom. Yeah. Hi, Regis Philbin here from Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Hi. We've got uh, your son, John, uh, with us right now. He's doing pretty well. Good. He's won a half million dollars. Wow. And he's going for a million dollars. <laughs> and he needs your help to get there. Okay. So he's going to come on the line, read a question, four possible answers. One of them is the right answer. And uh, the next voice you hear will be John's. John, you've got 30 seconds. Starts right now. Uh, hi, Dad. Hi. Uh, I don't really need your help. But I just wanted to let you know that I'm going to win the million dollars. <laughs> Because the U.S. president appeared on Laughing is Richard Nixon. That's my final answer. Well, my gosh. 
What can I say except, Debbie, you're going to Paris, and this is the final answer heard all around the world. He's won a million dollars.